G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. And it's a a privilege to welcome back Bernie to the airwaves. How are you, my brother? Matt, I am well. Good to be with you and good to be uh, with whoever is listening out there across Australia today. Now, you're a very familiar voice. People might have heard you uh, preaching and sharing your your little spots on the radio uh, for many Mm -hmm. years now. For those who don't know much about your ministry, give us a bit of an understanding of what you guys do in ministry. Look, we know that the Word of God is alive and active. You know, I was just listening to the tail end of your, your interview there with Martin Isles. And, and again, he's speaking the Word into the real-life stuff that's going on. And we know that when people receive the Word of God into their hearts, um, it changes their lives. Man, just one verse of Scripture can turn your life completely upside down. So our passionate Christianity works is sharing the good news of Jesus and speaking the Word of God into the real life stuff that's happening, not just in the life of our nation, but in the lives of individuals right around the globe. I think we go to air in about 160 countries now and uh, in, in lots of different languages. And I just love the fact that God's word changes lives. Well, Bernie, it's a privilege to catch up with you today. And I still remember about 20 years ago when you and I first met, uh, I was working at a different Christian radio station as the sales manager, and yep. you had just launched a website. I think it was whosjesus.com. Was that, was that what it was called? It was. It was. That's a long, long time ago now. Yep. We were both young men then, brother. That's right. I had hair then. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you just I just remember meeting you thinking you had such a passion to share the gospel. And um, for those who don't know your testimony, give us a bit of your background. You were a military man uh, before you came to Christ, weren't you? Yeah, I graduated from Royal Military College, Duntroon, back in uh, 1980. I spent 10 years in the military, then about 20 years um, building an IT company that uh, went global, and we we sold that, myself and my partners, to a public company. Um, And then I became a Christian in 1995 under very difficult circumstances in my life. Um, And within a few months, I felt called to go to Bible college. And and within not that many months after that, I found myself on radio. It's just kind of God was doing stuff. And sometimes you have to run to keep up with him. So, yeah. And you're on TV as well. I've seen some of your your shows on the Australian Christian Channel and Shine TV, I think it is. Is that right in New Zealand? Yes, I've crossed over to the dark side of television, (laughs) Matt. uh, And and, uh, those... those, daily devotional fresh um, spots on television i think they're going by cable networks around the world into something like 85 million homes it's it's kind of bizarre wow um but but that's god and uh they're really big in africa a um, lot of a lot of viewers in africa so yeah god does things despite us right god does things um despite our own failings and weaknesses hey if you can use people like you and me matt imagine how we can use other people. <laughs> That's right. Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. Um, now, let's uh, have a look at the topic of uh, discussion today, Bernie. Uh, you know, when you look at all of the horrific news stories we're hearing about, you know, rape in Parliament House and, uh, you know, the abuse of women around our nation, uh, you know, what, what's your thoughts from a Christian perspective? You know, is, is there shame for a nation that allows abuse of women? 
Well, look, I, I think that's going a little bit far. There's most of the people I know, most of the people you know, um, don't behave this way. Although the abuse of women, whether it be physical or emotional, is far more widespread than we would like to imagine. Um, I was speaking to a group of people just the other day, and, and these were older people, and so many of the women had stories throughout their working careers of how they'd been discriminated against, paid less, treated badly, and yes, some of them abused. Um, th this has been going on. There's nothing new under the sun here. Um, and, and whilst I completely understand it being uh, in the news, and, and so it should be, and I completely understand the anger and the, the frustration that so many women express, this has been going on for a long, long time. And let me just say at the outset of this, there is never, there is never an excuse for abusing a woman. Mostly men are stronger physically than women. There is never an excuse. So everything we talk about in this hour, let's just say that that underpins it all. Um, it's a sad tragedy that there are men out there who, who do this stuff. And tell us, what's your view on how the recent scandals have unfolded in our nation? Well, obviously, there have been triggers and obviously this has come to light and, and we're shocked. We should not be shocked. Um, uh, I've done some work in, in Parliament House over the years, and, and those people are just people. They're people like, like you and me. Um, and to see it unfold the way it has, I, I hope this isn't a flash in the pan. I hope this isn't something that gets overtaken by the next thing in the news cycle. Because we as a community and we as individuals need to do something about that. You and I, Matt, we can't change what's happening in Parliament House. You and I, we can't change what's happening right across the country. But hey, you pastor a church, you can certainly change what's happening there. Um, we have people in our circle and influence that we know. We can certainly change what's happening there and how we deal with this particular problem. And I'm just curious too, uh, Bernie, we're actually getting some comments come through at Facebook. If anybody wants to make a comment, then go to facebook.com forward slash vision radio. We're asking the question there, as Christians, what should be our biblical response to the abuse of women? Uh, Ben's made a comment there. Abuse against women or men should be uh, should not be tolerated and should be punished according, accordingly. Uh, Joy has made a comment there. Why is this even a question? Um, I think that's probably a good question to ask you, Bernie. What, why is this even a question we need to even ask today? Exactly. I'll tell you what's happened. We have drifted so far from what God's revelation is about how we deal with our sexuality in, in this country and indeed right around the world. I mean, if, if you look, if you go to the word of God, if you go to the Bible, um, there are basically 10 things that that are forbidden in the Bible. Can I just quickly rattle through those? The first one is fornication. That's sex outside marriage. The second one is adultery. The third one is polygamy. The fourth one is rape. Incest, same-sex relationships, bestiality, prostitution. Then, of course, there's the whole pornaya sexual immorality thing, which, which includes heterosexual and homosexual immorality, um, pornography. And then finally, pagan sexual activity. Now, there are many Christians who will cry out against a whole bunch of the things in that list. But all of a sudden, 
somehow we think it's okay for people to be sleeping out together outside marriage. That was never God's plan. So we've seen this massive drift away from what God meant for blessing. I'm just picking up on Martin's words in the previous interview. God means this stuff to be a blessing to us. Um, human, physical, sexual intimacy is a beautiful gift from God, but not sleeping around, not just for the fun of it, but for binding a husband and a wife together as one flesh. But as a society, we've drifted so far from that understanding. We shouldn't be surprised that these things are happening, should we? And, you know, I remember uh, watching uh, the Alpha Course many years ago. Nicky Gumbel yep. from Holy Trinity Brompton in the UK uh, shared a great example. He said, you know, sex outside of marriage and, and sex with multiple partners, he said it's like if you have two pieces of paper and you put glue in between and you put them together and then you peel it apart. It's, it's going to leave some paper on one and on the other that isn't meant to be there. And then if you do it, it again, it'll keep, it'll keep doing it. That's what happens. That's why we were, we were intended just to have one partner, weren't we? Absolutely true. I remember that exact, uh, that exact saying of, of, of Nicky Gumbel saying those things. So we've drifted a long way. And, and now uh, when people say we're not sleeping together before we get married, it's almost like, why not? This has been so normalised. If you watch um, a movie, if you watch one of your favourite TV series, sexual immorality is normalised through these and, and the culture permeates the men and women of God. That's why this stuff is happening. Am I saying it never happened in the past? Of course not. But where we are in this country today, we've drifted just way too far away from the beautiful thing that God had planned for us in intimacy. Why is this even a question? Because we've forsaken the word of God. Why is this even a question? Because we've turned our backs on God. And that may be hard for someone to hear. Oh, but I'm living together with this person. And that's not God's plan for you. God's plan is for our sexual intimacy to be exclusive in a relationship between one man and one woman. Now, Bernie, I've uh, got uh, some friends that are very much involved in organisations that are protecting women who've been in domestic violence situations. Mm -hmm. And uh, they're in Christian ministry. And, you know, I know at our church soon we've actually booked a, a, a specialist to come in and we're going to do a training seminar on how to handle domestic violence issues in mm -hmm. marriages, uh, in, in relationships. We're also looking at topics like homelessness and, uh, you know, other issues as well. But we're, we're training our leaders to upskill ourselves about how to handle these situations. And we know that, you know, as, as Christians, uh, husbands and wives are meant to respect and love each other. We're meant to be faithful, meant to honour each other. But the reality is, in, even in Christian marriages, even in Christian relationships, there is still yeah. a lot of violence, a lot of uh, disrespect, dishonour. Um, and, and a lot of people even quote the Bible saying, you know, wives must submit to their husbands. And they use that as an example to, you know, to condone their domestic violence. Uh, I've had yeah. Christian friends of mine ask me that question. How can you even quote that Bible verse? You know, um, when it comes to looking at the word, we've got to look at the context of the word. Because if you take the text out of the context, all, you let, all you're left with is a con. Uh, so, I, saw a, I, I saw a great meme the other day. I can do all things through a verse of Scripture taken out of context. <laughs> that's right. That's good. <laughs> you know, and that's what people do. But let's just unpack that a bit. Um, when you look at God's Word, 
there is there is nothing in there that would you know say that a man can can beat up a woman or can rape a woman or you know there is nothing in there there's nothing biblical about that at all just unpack that a bit for us would you bernie yeah people often say god hates divorce quoting i think it's the book of malachi in that same verse it says god hates violence right so so there is nothing about beating up women in the bible and nor should there be what's difficult here is that the bible was written in a different time and a different cultural context and in trying to understand the bible there are two things we have to do can i get a little bit technical here the first is exegesis which is trying to understand what the writer meant when he wrote those words that's the first thing and by and large there's very little disagreement on that front the second bit and this is the hard bit is hermeneutics what does it mean to us today given that our cultural context has completely changed how are we to understand this scripture today and that's where a lot of the dissent gets comes in so if you look at women in the Bible, right from the beginning, he created male and female in his image, Genesis chapter 1. And yes, the woman is referred to as the man's helper, right? But do you know the other 29 times in the Old Testament that that word helper is used? It's used of God as being our helper, yeah? Mm. So there is nothing about the inferiority of women in the Bible. There are some times when you have to look at the culture, and this is really difficult. You know, do we want to strike some bits out of the Bible? And we can talk about some of the political incorrect uh, things about women in the Bible. Do we really want to strike bits out of the Bible, or should we be trying to understand what they mean in our culture? Jesus was radical. I mean, the reason he got crucified is he was radical and countercultural. Um, when that woman was pulled up in John chapter 8, for adultery, where was the man exactly? Mm. Well, Jesus put himself physically between the mob that would stone her and the woman. He protected her. He hung around with prostitutes. Women were fundamental to his ministry. In fact, when he rose again from the dead, who was it that saw him first, if not a woman? So there's a radical departure when you look at the ministry of Jesus from the prevailing understanding of the role of women. Women are not inferior in Scripture. They are equal but different, but they are not inferior. I've been chatting about the biblical response to the abuse of women. It's a very hot topic in the news uh, these days. And uh, we're going to uh, take your calls on 1-800-316-316. We've got an anonymous caller from Queensland. Are you there? Yes, I'm there. I'm here right now. Have you got a question for Bernie? I have indeed, yes, yes. Hello, Bernie. This, um, I'm just ringing from Queensland in regard to the response for the... Uh, for biblical response for um, abuse of women. Um, what do you think um, it says in Malachi about violence? Um, and does that refer to verbal violence as well? Look, ab absolutely. I mean, the initial intent was physical violence. Um, but this, can you imagine Jesus verbally or emotionally abusing 
a woman. I, I can't begin to imagine. It's like saying, do you think Jesus ever turned out a bad piece of woodwork from his carpenter shop? The answer is, of course not. Um, and we are called over and over again as men and women of God to show love through our actions to other people. Um, uh, verbal abuse, emotional abuse can be as bad, if not worse, than, than the physical abuse. There is no excuse. Of course, husbands and wives, we have our tiffs and we have our arguments, but the idea that a man can control a woman, um, take her credit cards away, take away access to finances. Uh, I was watching a movie on Netflix just yesterday called The Kindness of Strangers about this very, very subject. If you get a chance, watch that that movie. There is no excuse for the abuse of, of a woman in any way, shape or form. Yeah. Yeah, thank you. Thank you very much. And can you um, recommend um, where... I know someone who is experiencing verbal abuse from their husband. Can you recommend anywhere um, or somebody that they can contact because the husband is not um, at all um, open to counselling? Where can they go for help? Look, I can't... I don't know where, where they are, but the first step is always for a woman to tell somebody else. Um, often this, this control by men silences women. It's almost like I shouldn't dishonour my husband or I shouldn't say anything. No, if you are being abused, and can I say this to anybody, any woman um, who is being abused in a relationship, whether it's a work relationship, a marriage, or, or in some other way, speak up, draw alongside and tell somebody. If you happen to be a member of a church, go and tell someone. Lifeline is always there on the phone for you as well. Do not remain silent. And to the rest of us, when you see something like this going on, when you suspect something like this going on, don't turn away. Don't ignore it. We need to step up and do something about it. When you look at some of the stuff that's been going on in the US, for instance, in the entertainment industry, very well publicised, how many people ignored what was going on? How many people didn't look? Come on, we need to look, we need to see, we need to step up. Thank you. Thank you so much for your call. God bless. God bless. Bye now. Thank you so much. Bye. And if you'd like to call through, phone lines are open on 1-800-316-316. Uh, we've got Rose from Brisbane. How are you, Rose? Oh, good morning, Matt and Bernie. Very well, thank you. you um, good morning, Rose. Say, oh, good morning. Um, I would like to say that I wish there was a gap year for children who are 12 or 13 where they can be taught life skills like um, financial um, responsibility how to handle rejection, ethics and morals and uh, social behaviour. Hey, I hear what you're saying, Rose, but actually that's the parent's job. Um, and the reason, and I know not every child has ideal parents. Um, I'm sure your parents weren't perfect and my parents weren't perfect. But my parents taught me this stuff. And mums and dads, it's your job to teach your children this stuff. It's your job not to outsource life skills to a school or an educational institution because even those are going substantially off the rails when it comes to, to what we believe godly morals are. 
and and teach your kids the hard lessons and sit around the dinner table and talk about this stuff because it's the stuff that kids learn from mum and dad that's going to carry them for better or for worse through the rest of their lives. Well, somewhere along the line, some mums and dads are missing a beach, you know, and uh, are we not a village? And we are raised by the village, you know, and... And sometimes yeah, what yeah. happens behind closed doors can be quite appalling, you know. You're absolutely right. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And, and a lot of mums and dads are abdicating more so in this generation probably than in the previous generation. Um, and, and that's where the wider family comes in. That's where hopefully the church family comes in. We need to teach our boys that this is not acceptable behaviour. We need to teach our girls to step up and say something when they experience it. Hey, this is happening at schools, right? There's been a Royal Commission into sexual abuse in schools. This is happening all over the place. And we as a community, whether it be church, whether it be the extended family, whether it be mums and dads, do need to step up. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Bernie. Hey, we're about to go to the news. Thank you so much, uh, Rose, for your call. And we've got Shelby on uh, the line for us. Uh, Shelby, have you got any thoughts, uh, questions or comments on this subject, mate? Uh, yes, um, Matt, and uh, thanks for the show. Thanks for bringing Bernie along too. I uh, just love both of you guys. <laughs> but the thing is, um, mate, uh, God gave woman, um, Eve, uh, as the greatest treasure to man, Adam, uh, out of his own rib. And so why I cannot... Look, I, I've just um, uh, been a witness to a, uh, an assault. Now, I came along and helped the lady, and this guy took off. But anyway, the police came back. Um, we have got him. They have got him, and uh, I've done a statement for them, the whole thing. Um, but I, you know, I am just so fed up with seeing people just um, verbally, you know, uh, but men just not understanding their woman, their, their wife, is their most loving critic. Um, you couldn't ask for a better, more loving critic um, an advisor. Um, you know, so if we listen to, you know, many a time I have to say to myself, oh, uh, this thing isn't working, what have you. My wife had put in her little two and tuppence and I, every time I applied, it worked. You know, so I just cannot understand why we have so many insecure men in this world that have to be abusive to their wife um, when point. all they have to do is love them and the woman will give it back a hundredfold. Bernie, what are your thoughts, mate? It's a really good point. I mean, the, the, the story of creation, of woman coming out of the man, interestingly, in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 28, Paul picks up on that and he says, in the same way husbands should love their wives as they do their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. And it's just a tragedy that, that we can't figure that out. But you know what? This is as old as time. People are going to continue doing this. The question is, what do we what do we men who believe in Jesus, how do we behave and how do we respond? Yeah. Any more, any, any more comments on that, Shelby? Uh, mate, look, um, Bernie is so right. You know, like, we have to uh, step up. Um, look, I, I, I've been involved in two cases um, helping women out for being abused, okay? Um, just recently it happened. Um, I seen what was going on and I didn't like it and I stepped in and uh, I, I got the lady away. She ran to me and we got her away. Um, 
this bloke was through a weakling, he took off. He could beat a woman up, but he can't beat a man up. Um, we can't even face a man. So the thing is, God willing, um, he put him in the right place. She did go, we did get it to the police and that she, and she's done a report and so on. And so, you know, we've just got to be able to let the women know that they can, st- they can speak for themselves, stand up as, as Bernie and yourself were saying, um, and report, definitely report. Don't be afraid of it. And, you know, get them out of the place. Look, you know, um, we were just up in my church. Um, we were up at a couple of centres where there's um, children and mothers um, that have been in this situation and they're living in special accommodation, all that sort of thing, um, you know, for that exact same thing. Um, and, and it's just such good, so good that there's churches today and church, the church is one of the greatest institutions, schools and, and you know, uh, Richard Johnson, you know this, um, he, he was the first uh, to do a church service under a gum tree in Australia. And was the, he was the first to create a school. Um, but I mean to say... Uh, he made sure all the convicts came, all of the guards came, and all of the hierarchy came to his service. <laughs> and we just got to make sure that we spread the word and we try and, you know, bring as many people, invite them to our churches, invite them to our functions, and, and certainly, you know, stand by our women because they will stand by us 100-fold. And if men will get this, um, this world will be a lot better off and our children will be a lot better off as well. Preach it, preach it, brother. Absolutely. Any more thoughts on that, Bernie? Yeah, look, I, I think that's right. Um, but you make the point that you stood up when women were in a difficult spot. Sometimes, and I know women have gone to churches and have gone to their pastors and have said something um, and nothing has been done. Um, men and women of God, listen to me. We need to stand up for those who are being abused. We need to speak, as the Bible says, for those who can't speak for themselves. This means you, this means me, no looking aside, getting involved, even though it's messy, and being there for the people who are doing it tough. Well said. Shelby, thanks so much for your call today, mate. God bless. Yeah, you too. Bless you. Thank you. And bless you, you, Shelby. If you'd like to call through and join the conversation, we've got about another 20 minutes with Bernie here, so come on, Australia, give us a call. Let us know your thoughts on this topic. Give us a call, 1-800-316-316, or you can make a comment at Facebook. Uh, We've got the question there. As Christians, what should be our biblical response to the abuse of women? Interesting comment has come through, Bernie. Uh, Matt says, the topic abuse against women indirectly suggests abuse against men isn't nearly as bad. It also indirectly suggests little boys should grow up with the expectation that they themselves should be prepared to be the recipient of abuse. As society uh, doesn't mind when boys or men are scared or in pain. Perhaps the title should be, How Should We Treat Victims of Abuse in Our Society? What's your thoughts on yeah, that, that's a, Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, men do get abused um, in different sorts of ways, but men do get abused. We've seen it in the entertainment industry. Um, it's not spoken about so much, obviously, because by and large, men are physically stronger than women. Um, and so the abuse normally flows from men to women. But that doesn't stop the fact that sometimes it flows the other way, from men to men or from women to men. Abuse against everybody is wrong. How do you treat other people? Love is patient. Love is kind. Man, if we just lived out that four words in the Bible, imagine how different this world would be. Love is patient. Love is kind. Sorry, six words. Um, Absolutely. Well said. Well said. Phone lines are open, 1-800-316-316.
Uh, we've got Therese from Katanning in WA. How are you, Therese? Not too bad, thank you. We've had a really good dumping of rain, but thank goodness we didn't get the wind they had up top. Ah, well done. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I came from a, an abusive family and um, my husband was very verbally and emotionally abusive. I, I really believe that um, the father in the family has a big part to play. You know, he he came from an abusive father and so... Fathers need to protect their daughters and show them what a real father looks like. And their sons, they need to teach them how to respect women and other people. And um, I've come out of it. I've been away from it for 20 years now. And it was because I became a Christian and I learned to love myself because the biggest part of a woman in trouble like that, they begin to think that they're useless and worthless and unlovable. Mm. And that's why they stay. So I believe that God protected me by bringing me into a Christian um, environment and teaching me that I love, love, and I've moved on. And I see lots of men in my in my workplace who are really good fathers, and their daughters grow up to be, you know, really good human beings and that are, are lovable and and that um, um, don't get into these troublesome situations and I just see men with boys too who are very good dads so the the secret is that we do need to learn to respect each other and show each other that there is there's a right way to do things and this new program they have on the tv about mute unmuting if you see someone a child being violent to another child yeah, we do need to unmute ourselves. We need to stand up for these kids because it's the children who learn these things and they grow into adulthood. So I just wanted to say that. <laughs> well no, said. I, I, think you've, I think you've got a real point. The father needs to step up. I remember when our boys were growing up, and they look, they're grown men now, one's 40, one's 38, and they're great guys. But like any teenager, right, they would try it on with mum. And I have to tell you, um, when it came to respecting their mother, they ran into an absolute brick wall with me. The difference on this subject between me and a terrorist is you can negotiate with a terrorist. It was an absolute un- non-negotiable um, that they had to respect their mother. And you know what? They have the most wonderful relationship with their mother now. And if you don't teach boys that when they're growing up, they won't respect their wives. They need to learn it at home. Yes. I agree. And that's that's totally where it begins, in the home, seeing how their father treats their mother. And, um, Correct. And same with, same with girls. Girls need to learn to respect the males in their lives, their father. Because I work as a nurse and I see some terrible women out there too who treat men terribly. You know, the Surely not. <laughs> the man in the lo- in the family is the the main caregiver of the child, and and really tries to protect their wife. But the wife is over the top, you know. So the the last caller who was speaking out for men, I agree. There is men out there who are um, really good men who are being abused as well. So it yeah. is. It's a matter of learning to respect each other. That's males and females. Thank you, Therese, for your call. And phone lines are open, 1-800-316-316.
Um, before we go to our next call, I just want to say I just had a, a memory. I was at Coffs Harbour Baptist Church. I'd just been married, and I remember uh, at a young male you know, connect group I was at, uh, the leader of the group, he said, guys, I just want to give you some advice. If ever you feel like losing your temper at your wife or with your kids or whatever, he said, just take a 10-second breath and ask the Holy Spirit to give you self-control because one of the fruit of the Spirit is self-control. He said, just ask God to help you. And I remember as a 20-year-old young bloke, you know, I was a bit of a hothead young fella, you know, I, I learned to control myself, you know. It doesn't mean I've always been perfect, but such good advice. And, you know, the Bible says, as iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. This is why church is important. This is why men's groups are important, women's groups, that we can sharpen each other. And just a little tip like that, I can't think of how many times it saved me um, in that when there's been conflict in my marriage or with my children over the years. Just that 10-second breather and asking the Holy Spirit to give us self-control. That's just uh, that's for free, everyone. I just thought I'd throw that one in. Uh, we've got calls coming in. Uh, we've got Graham, who is a trucker from South Australia. Are you there, Graham? Yes. Good morning, guys. How are you doing? Good, mate. Any, any uh, questions or comments for Bernie? Yeah, I, I think it's uh, a matter of uh, teaching um, your children, especially your boys. The thing is, I think that almost automatically women teach their daughters so much about life. But I think that by and large men are, well, I shouldn't say by and large, but there's a large majority seemingly that are incapable of teaching uh, their sons uh, about life and how to treat uh, women. And I think part of it goes back to the First and Second World War when guys went away to war and the women had to step up to the plate and look after the house, manage the house, manage the finances. When the guys come back, um, the women basically said, well, it's okay, guys, um, we've got this. And, um, you know, they, they felt a little bit uh, out of it. Um, and I think it's progressed and progressed and progressed and... and they have maybe felt unwanted, don't, haven't been taught themselves and haven't passed it on to their own sons. Um, and um, consequently, you know, you get anger and a whole lot of other things involved in all of that. And um, it's a recipe for disaster. I know that in my own family, in my, my mother and father, he was a very violent man, alcoholic, um, used to bash my mother absolutely senseless um, many times. Um, and, um, you know, he used to bash me as well, and, and it come to a point at one stage where I wanted to kill him. Um, fortunately, I got saved, and then um, also, fortunately, my mum got saved, and so did he about three days before he died. Uh, but, um, yeah, I think men just don't teach their boys because they don't know how to. They, don't, they haven't been given boundaries in their own lives, um, Whereas I think, in large part, women do give uh, young girls boundaries. I mean, there, there are instances where they they haven't and they can't because they don't know it themselves. But by and large, women are way out in front in that area, um, and, and it's unfortunate. Uh, but I think you know when you see um, women being abused physically and, and verbally and, and and the rest of it, we do need to step in and get them away from it. Break. Break the cycle, get them away from there, get them into a shelter or something so that they're away from there. I, I know that we got my mum away numbers of times, but because she loved him so much, she went back. 
just uh, yeah. he, he sends a glutton for punishment. But love for him uh, was just paramount. And yet, you know, there was this um, inherent weakness there that uh, he just couldn't control. Bernie, any thoughts yeah. for Graham? Yeah, look, I mean, I'm not quite sure why we as men don't step up as well as we could, but I think you're right, we don't. Um, and to any of the guys listening out there, you've got a big responsibility in bringing up your sons. Uh, you have a big responsibility. God calls us as men to love our wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. Last time I checked, Jesus died for the church. That's how we're meant to love our wives. And so, men, your sons need to see you doing that. And, and I agree that when a woman is in an abusive situation, we have to get her out of there. We have to get her out of there. And hopefully that will bring resolution. Hopefully that will bring healing to the marriage. And hopefully the man's abuse can be dealt with. But that's not always the case. Yes, God hates divorce, but God also hates violence. Well said, Bernie. Any, any more uh, thoughts or comments, Graham? Yeah, no, I think it's exactly, exactly right. I mean, there's, there's a recipe there. And we need to follow that recipe. His name is Jesus Christ. And, and uh, the way um, he treated women is the ultimate. And I think men have to be taught somehow. I mean, we've got men's groups, you've got men's sheds and so on. Um, those guys in those sort of atmospheres, that, that is a place where um, that input uh, can take place. I mean, sometimes it's embarrassing for men to be taught how to do some of those sort of things, but hell, you know, I mean, pardon the French, so they've got to get over themselves, you know, and um, <clears throat> if we did that, uh, I believe that a large percentage of this sort of stuff would uh, evaporate because um, men just don't see how valuable um, their wives are. I mean, my wife and I, we've had four, four kids, one's a pastor, lives in Geelong, all the rest are doing um, really well, their their husbands respect uh, their wives and they do the right thing by them because if they didn't, well, they'd be getting get to talking to. Um, you know, and so um, I think there there are some of those places like men's sheds and so on that some of this stuff could be taught to guys that don't know uh, and it would give them a new understanding, maybe a revelation about, oh, well, maybe I shouldn't be saying that, maybe I shouldn't be doing that. Uh, and this is a way where I can encourage my son, encourage my daughter, encourage my wife. Yeah, well um, said. Yeah. Good on you, Graham. And, mate, I noticed you're, you're in your truck at the moment. Are you able to give us a quick honk on your horn? No, I'm, no, I'm actually in the car at the moment. Oh. I, I started at 1am 1, 1 this morning and I finished at quarter to 10. So sorry that's, about that. That's all right. Maybe <laughs> next time. All right, mate. Thanks for your call. Okay, thank you. Bless you, mate. Ciao. Thanks, Benny. And phone, you, phone lines are open, 1-800-316-316. We've got an anonymous caller from Victoria. Are you there? Yes, I am. You got a question or a comment for Bernie? I've got a comment, something that I want to make people more aware of, that there are other sorts of abuse apart from violence for women. And one, one that I wanted to mention was that um, I was visiting in a psych ward some years ago and there was a lady there, very neat, well-presented lady. Um, I can't think of... Anyway, looked Arabic or something. But anyway, anyway, one of the nurses, because she spat at me, one of the nurses took me aside and she said to me, I'll tell you her story. She said um, she's married with two little boys and her husband wants a third child and she's been she's had numerous miscarriages. She has pulled mm. the pin now and said, I'm not doing this anymore. And he has said, well, you will or I'm taking the boys and leaving you. 
Now, mm. you know, that that's psychological abuse and it's not the only instance I know of somebody who's not who wasn't game to leave their husband because the threat was you can't leave, I'll take the kids and if you've been put down long enough, you believe that you don't have any rights. Yeah. And um and, if, and in fact you do have rights. Yeah, but they don't know this, you know. I know. And, and I know, and that's the cycle of abuse, isn't it? The, the cycle of abuse, and when a man holds that sort of power over a woman, or vice versa, sometimes it's the other way, as, as we've heard today, it's just plain wrong. Men, men, we can't do this. We can't behave like this. We need to love our wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself for her. That's right. And what, what it gets me is that probably her friends, she's possibly, because she's not Australian, she possibly hasn't got any family here. I often wonder what happened to her because um, like, it's probable that her neighbours and people who knew her would be saying, oh, poor John, his wife's had a breakdown. And she, you know, she's in a psych ward and he's looking after the kids and not realising that this is a hidden sort of abuse. Yeah. Really? Yeah, you know? absolutely. Absolutely. Well, it's not hidden for her, but it's hidden from the rest of the world. Yeah, that's what I mean. And and so we don't know what goes on a lot of times that this sort of thing can be going on and we don't realise. Hey, listen, we're almost out of time, but hey, thank you so much for your call today. Okay, thank you. God bless. Now, Bernie, I just thought uh, we should pray before we wrap up today. Um, we've had a couple of callers uh, that say they didn't want to go to air because they're very distressed about the situations they're currently in, but this has mm -hmm. highlighted the the you know the pain they're going through. And I should just mention, if people do want to call our Vision Prayer Line, it's one eight hundred seven seven two nine three six. That's one eight hundred seven seven two nine three six. Or go to vision.org.au and do a search for prayer, and you can contact our prayer team. Uh, but Bernie, would you just pray for those that might be in distress right now because of a, a DV situation or? Uh, an abusive, abusive situation. Would you lead us in some prayer? Absolutely. Father God, we just bring before you anyone with us today, Lord, who is in such a difficult and abusive situation. Lord, I just pray that the conversations and the callers that we've had today would just bring comfort and solace and courage to those. Lord, will your spirit touch those people right now who are struggling and who are suffering and give them the courage to speak up. Give them the courage to step out, give them the courage to reach out to somebody. And for the rest of us, Lord God, give us the courage to respond. Give us the compassion and the love to put ourselves out and to be there in these difficult situations with people. Lord, you have called us to love one another as you have loved us. By this shall all men know that we are your disciples. Father, give us that ability to love. We just pray these things in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Well, Bernie, it's always a privilege to catch up with you. You're a great man of God and a great teacher of God's Word. If people want to find out more, the website is christianityworks.com. And, mate, there's like a free devotional people can sign up for. Is that the way you guys roll these days? Yeah, the, yep. The Fresh Devotional is there for you. Um, produce it 365 days a year is one of my great joys to write and record. So, yeah, please do sign up and uh, check it out, christianityworks.com. Good on you, Bernie. Thanks for your time. God bless. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.